Hello, everyone. Welcome to Problematic Women, a podcast and Facebook watch show that showcases strong conservative women, current events, and the hypocrisy of the feminist left. I'm Jenny Maltzabano, a contributor with The Daily Signal. And I'm Bree Payton, staff writer over at The Federalist and a friend of The Daily Signal. Well, we've got a lot for you today and for today's show. We're going to start with First Lady Melania Trump. There's a little bit of scandal that her spokeswoman quickly shut down. There was a claim that President Trump got mad that the First Lady was watching CNN on Air Force One. And her spokeswoman fired back at Stephanie Grisham. She's wonderful and said, did you know that every 15 minutes a baby is born with neonatal abstinence syndrome? Maybe you'd like to talk about the 160,000 kids who skip school every day for fear of being bullied or that 280,000 students are physically attacked in schools every month. Seems kind of silly to worry about what channel she watches on TV, any channel she wants, BTW, or if she heard some recording on the news. Now she's talking about the Michael Cohen uh, secretly recorded tape. So I think she makes some great points. The First Lady has really been doing some great work with her Be Best initiative, visiting hospitals, visiting kids, trying to learn more about them. And, you know, Brie, to me, I think that Melania has done a really good job of subtly showing that she very much is her own person. And just because she's super private doesn't mean she in any way bows down to her husband. They're very individual people. Yeah, absolutely. Also, like, Okay, I think this is another example of the media being so self-important and thinking that this is, you know, worthwhile to write an entire story about what Mm -hmm. channel Melania Trump is watching on TV and then tracking down like internal emails, which you can read the controversial New York Times story that Maggie Haberman um, byline with another New York Times reporter over there that kind of kicked off this whole controversy. And then CNN itself picking up this story because they're like, oh, again, we're being martyred mm-hmm. in this instance. Like, I'm just really sick of this kind of attitude and narrative yeah. from members of the media that are just acting like, you know, they're being personally victimized and treated like they're being put into gulags because, I don't know, mm-hmm. there was a controversy over a channel. I think and- that that's silly. President Trump not liking CNN is not news. Right. We all know it. We all know it. But what is news is, so singer Demi Lovato was reportedly hospitalized earlier this week for an apparent drug overdose. So CBS News reports that just two days earlier at a concert in California, Lovato had trouble remembering the lyrics to her recently released emotional ballad called Sober, which is about, you know, struggling to stay sober and her struggle with uh, drug addiction. So she forgot the lyrics to this song and then walked off stage. So the 25 year old singer is reportedly going to go from the hospital straight to rehab. Um, She was found unresponsive earlier this week in her home. And one of her friends or one of her family members were not totally sure at this point. And there's been a lot of uh, misinformation and conflicting reports out there in the media. So we don't totally know who was able to revive her with Narcan. Um, but doctors and say that this likely saved her life uh, and saved her from dying of an overdose um, because she was apparently very close to death. So a good reminder to keep Demi Lovato in your thoughts and in your prayers. Um, our hearts reach out to her. And, you know, Demi Lovato isn't the only American struggling with this issue. Um, In every sector of the American population, opioid addictions and overdoses are up this year. And every single day, 115 American lives are lost 
due to an opioid overdose. So this is obviously a very big issue, and Demi Lovato is happens to be right now a very public face of a larger issue that we're all grappling with, an issue that Melania Trump has also mm-hmm. been drawing attention to by visiting you know, preemie babies in hospitals uh, who are born addicted to opioids because their mothers, you know, use opioids and battle with that throughout their pregnancy. Really sad, but glad that she is going to be okay, and hopefully she sees this as another chance to turn it around. Well, in other news, Nikki Haley told some high school kids at Turning Point USA's high school leadership summit to stop, quote, owning the lives. Every I was at the summit. I've been there covering it. My sisters are there as attendees. So I heard this speech firsthand and she clicked, uh, she kicked off the summit. And to say students were excited for her is an understatement. I mean, she came down in the crowd. They were mobbing her, taking selfies. It's very clear that she connected with them. And maybe more importantly, her message did as well, I would say. Uh, here's what she said. She said, raise your hand if you've ever posted anything online to, quote, quote, unquote, own the libs. I know that it's fun and that it can feel good, but step back and think about what you're accomplishing when you do this. Are you persuading anyone? Who are you persuading? We've all been guilty of it at some point or another, but this kind of speech isn't leadership. It's the exact opposite. Real leadership is about persuasion. It's about movement. It's bringing people around to your point of view, not by shouting them down, but by showing them how it is in their best interest to see things the way you do. Now, I I really agreed with this for the most part. I think there are times where stuff is so stupid and silly and ridiculous that you've got to go out there and sort of annihilate it and just nip it in the bud. But as a whole, and Mrs. James, who's the president of the Heritage Foundation and Ben Shapiro have also alluded to this as well, it's more important to try to bring people to your side rather than just shutting them down. Because our movement, the conservative movement, is about growing, right? It's about adding. It's about multiplying. So instead of just owning them and making a point and shutting them down, try to go a step further and convert them. What do you think? So I agree with you. And I think that being a conservative, you're in the business of persuading and and influencing other people. And you're in the business of owning lives because you're owning them with facts. Mm -hmm. A lot of times... You know, liberal positions on things are not factually based. Um, So I think it's always important to, you know, be willing to talk about that and engage and have a conversation about things like that. I think it's fine to own the libs to a degree because I think a lot of liberal ideas are just so blatantly silly, Mm -hmm. I guess is a nice, you know, term for that. So I think it is fine to employ mockery. um, But I think that there always needs to be substance underneath that right like if you're gonna make fun of someone for holding like a ridiculous position about something like medicare for all it's fine to own someone who thinks that medicare for all is like the solution to all our problems by saying um no you know actually every single year fewer and fewer things are covered by medicare individuals that um receive that also have to get supplemental insurance plans because it's so subpar fewer and fewer doctors take that so there's always facts that you can bring to the conversation and i think so long as you know owning the libs is rooted in fact and it's a tone that's not you know over the top Mm -hmm. or really rude or going to turn other people off and make them not want to listen to you i think that owning the libs is fine I think that's a great take. So agree to disagree, but also kind of agree. Circular way of saying that. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back after this break for our segment, This is What Feminism Looks Like.
And we're back with our segment, This is What Feminism Looks Like, where we highlight an example of feminism done right. So this week, the woman who we want to highlight is social worker uh, Zabedi Deberish. And I apologize if I mispronounce her name at all. It is Swedish, so it is tough for me, a native English speaker, to pronounce that correctly. But anyway, this woman, she is a social worker in Sweden, and she's fighting to end the practice of child marriage in Sweden. So she herself was a child bride at the age of 15, and she was forced to marry a Turkish man who was 22 years older than she was. Uh, and she's, you know, explains a lot of the reasons why this happened to her is because her parents didn't want her uh, to become acclimated to the kind of Western Swedish lifestyle that they found themselves in. They wanted her to have a more traditional lifestyle and be kind of more separate from their culture uh, in Sweden. So they sent her off to be married to a man in Turkey. So though the practice is completely illegal in Sweden, the Scandinavian country recognizes child marriages that happen abroad. So many migrant or immigrant families living in Sweden, um, they will send their girls to their home country for the summer to get married off to someone in their home country and then return married. So that's kind of a way that people have found a workaround uh, around that law. And what results from this practice are deeply ingrained ethnic ghettos of individuals that often refuse to assimilate to the culture around them. And there's just a lot of tensions between a lot of native Swedish uh, individuals and these kind of groups of people that are just refusing, you know, to interact, refusing to learn the language, different things like that. So, um, so people in foreign countries also see this loophole as a way for their sons to get full citizenship in Sweden and a way to do it quickly. Niger is the worst offender. 77% of marriages that happen in that country involve a girl under the age of 18. So when this woman, Zabedi, um, when she left her husband after 16 years of being married to him, so I think, doing math quickly, uh, I think she was like 31 probably around that point in time. Her family shunned her. Mm. And she received little support from her home country. So experiencing all of this made her realize there's not a lot of resources for children who are forced into a marriage, um, oftentimes with a much older man. So she's decided to fill in that gap. Uh, so she's running a shelter to now help these women. And she's calling out the, polit the Swedish politicians who are not dealing with this problem, are allowing this loophole and this workaround to persist. She says, our politicians are cow cowardly. They're afraid of taking a principled stance on these issues for fear of being labeled culturally insensitive. It's different in our neighboring countries. In Denmark and Norway, they're not afraid of being called racist. And over there, many girls and boys in Sweden have suffered for that cowardice. So really sad overall story about the plight that many girls in Sweden are facing. Uh, and she also noted that summertime is the busiest time of year because, you know, girls are out of school. So their parents are like, oh, you know, while you're out of school, we'll send you to these other countries and force you to marry someone. Overall, very sad. And it's sad that Sweden is allowing um, this loophole to persist and it's recognizing disgusting. child marriages, which is awful. Yeah, I'm glad she's calling out these politicians. That cannot be easy especially considering what she's been through, having her family shun her, her own home country shun her. This is a tremendous effort she's doing, and she's a true hero. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when we come back, we're going to announce our problematic woman of the week. Don't go away.
Welcome back to Problematic Women. We are about to announce our Problematic Woman of the Week. And this week it is Megan McCain. Now, Megan McCain is being crucified, get this, for pointing out that socialism is terrible and that it's never worked before. It's nuts. So during his segment on The View on Tuesday, Megan McCain explains why socialism sucks. So let's watch. This makes my head explode, which, by the way, I hope Democrats do run a democratic socialist. You hope that we win? Do we win? No, because I think you'll lose spectacularly, and then I will look forward to election night when I finally get to tell everybody I told you so if you end up running a radical. Problem with socialism, in the words of Margaret Thatcher, at a certain point you run out of spending other people's money. Venezuela, one of the richest countries (coughs) in the world in the 70s. Now, the average Venezuelan has lost 24 pounds because they're starving to death. 90% of the country is living in poverty. I think she's talking more about Scandinavia than Venezuela. But I'm sorry. I need, this is what I need from her. Name one country that socialism has ever worked. And also every every democratic socialist who is going Um, on TV saying that it's good needs to start paying 90% in taxes. On your tax form. No, on your tax form. On your tax form, I think you should start paying the amount of taxes that every socialist in this country thinks you need to. Because if you think the government is so good at spending money, look at the VA. No, because it is dangerous. I just told you several countries that do it. I'm sorry. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Everybody, everybody, God bless you all. I hate that bell. I know you hate the bell. Then everybody stop talking over each other. I won't hit the bell. The population of 300,000 people in any way, in no way can be related in any way comparably to the United States of America. I'm sorry. If you think it's good, then you need to be paying the amount of taxes that in socialistic countries. Let her get her thing and go ahead. Because it's petrifying to me that this is being normalized. All right. Go ahead. So, you're saying you run out of people's money. Tax- other, Margaret people's. other people's money, Margaret Thatcher. Okay. I didn't say that. She's- they have just given this enormous tax break to the very, very wealthy in this country. Mm-hmm. That, that tax break doesn't have to be so generous to those really rich people, does it? Because if you don't give that money to them, what happens to that money? Better schools, I better think- post office, I'm sorry. better Medicare. garbage pickup, better running things, then the post office is a Listen, great run business. One more word. The VA, I'm sorry, comparing the United States of America to a small country in Europe Can is I delusional. And I'm sorry, some of us do not want socialism to be normalized okay. in this country. I am an example. Okay, well, I've listened to this several times. And when you type in Meghan McCain's name on Twitter, one of the top things that comes up is Meghan McCain meltdown. That is not a meltdown. That was a passionate plea it was full of facts she's pointing out the obvious that socialism has never worked and as margaret thatcher said eventually you run out of other people's money so nothing she said was incorrect she just listed out all these facts and everybody else they're the ones that freaked out yeah absolutely i also think that you know pointing out denmark and sweden as examples for oh you know why these really um generous i guess is a nice way of putting them Social programs work. I think we should also so mention other countries where it's just completely collapsed and failed, like Venezuela, like Albania, Algeria, Angola, Burma, or the Congo, or Cuba, which no one likes to talk about Cuba, or Ethiopia, right? There's right. all these other countries that the people were or are completely suffering and living in absolute poverty, um, and no one likes to talk about that. And also, I think it's important to understand that the way that your governmental system is set up should reflect the culture of the people who it's supposed to be mm-hmm. governing. 
Like, if you just are going to take some other system and try to smash it down or impose it upon the American system and the American culture, that's not going to work. And I think it is important to recognize the fiercely independent streak that most Americans do have and that imposing a freebie government lifestyle will kill that spirit and I think really end up harming us. And something else to point out is just because... Uh, the socialists maybe have spokespeople who are making it sound cool and fun and hip. Doesn't mean that the policies or ideas have gotten any better, or any more successful. Yeah, exactly. And there's always so much waste, so much fraud, so much abuse with all of those programs. Um, at one point, Joy Behar was like in an earlier part of that segment. She's reading off the socialist platform, you know, Medicare for all, um, housing as a human right, which I'm sorry, but housing is not a human right. Um, healthcare is also not a human right. You know, all these kind of big spending, big government programs, um, it's not going to work. It's going to end up just perpetuating and fattening up the bureaucrats who are supposed to be the ones helping us. But somehow they're always the beneficiaries of everything. And the people intended for these government programs to help are always worse off. You're right. So I agree with Megan. We shouldn't be normalizing socialism because it sucks. And good on her for making that point. Hopefully she continues to instill that in the audience and on media as well all right well that wraps up our show this week thank you all for tuning in and as always if you know of a problematic woman please let us know you can follow my work at the daily signal and on twitter at jenny malsabano and you can read all of my work over at thefederalist.com and you can also follow me on twitter at brie underscore payton this podcast is a collaboration of the daily signal and the federalist and it's produced by lauren evans of the daily signal if If you sorry (laughs) If you like this podcast, please support us by rating and subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you sharing problematic women with your friends and for supporting strong conservative women who are standing up for America's culture. 